Welcome to episode 75 of We The Gamer Cast. It's hosted by WeTheNerdy.com and it publishes on iTunes and Google Play every single Monday. Thank you for listening and for coming back and for subscribing and rating us on iTunes just like Spencer Stapleton did, but I'll get to that in a second. Because if you're new, here's the deal. Every week I have sweet hangs with a stranger from the internet. We become best friends and we talk about video games. And if you want to be on the show, it's very easy. Just do what all these other people have done. Tweet at me at Sean Capri. Sean like Connery Capri like the pants. Uh, it's the end of the day. It's normally not this late when I do this. So this is weird. Um, I have a very, well, I think it's special because I've never done this before. I don't know if it's good for your ears or not, but at the very end of this episode, um, I'm going to put a little something, something I've already recorded it. I feel, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I hope you like it, uh, on married to the games this week, which Spencer Stapleton and I are, are big fans of. So is blessing. You might remember blessing a few weeks ago. Blessing is a big fan as well. We're all big fans. You should be a fan if you're not already of married to the games. They had, uh, reminded me of the song that is on the last of us part two trailer that they had at, at what was that psx that must have been psx um they replayed their youtube video of gabe and chris reacting to it and i and what the heck was i doing i don't even know I'm, i've been so crazy this last couple of days but i, I was listening to this song and going like well it's pretty oh i could i might be able to play that and and the and i might be able to maybe i could sing it too so I tried it. I just learned it maybe half an hour ago. I recorded it. I didn't really do anything to it. So, cause I mean, ain't nobody got time for that. So this is the first I've been talking to you guys a little bit about how I wanted to do something musical, but video game related. Um, my other things that I've mentioned are a little, they might be too much right now, but I wanted, I wanted a, a quick little win here. So there's something to look forward to at the end of the episode. So pay attention all the way t- through to the end. Don't, don't do to skip. There's a really good conversation in the middle here. Um, but yeah, that's, that's that. I think because of that, I, I spent a little time on that this evening. So I don't, I gotta go, I gotta go play video games with the wife. You know, we, we don't have too many more evenings like this before baby comes. It's baby watch 2017. Uh, Chelsea is in a race with Jason Lacey. <laughs> think um we're both on baby watch right now jason lacy of course from flex to pose uh one of these we're, we're i think we're right at it i have a feeling that his wife is like maybe a couple weeks ahead uh because technically chelsea isn't due until april 8th but i mean could be any second could be could be right now could you imagine if like i guess you wouldn't be really hearing this wait a minute no we don't want that to happen right now we want it to happen after i post this then then baby can come that'll be good we've got a couple episodes in the can for you to listen to. Uh, we've got Spencer Stapleton, of course, this week and a really great one. Joseph Moran coming next week. I know he was on the Life of Gaming podcast. So if you need a little taste, he's over there and, um, also on my Xbox and me and a whole bunch of other places. But we'll talk about Joseph next week. It's a good, it's a good one coming up. Quick, quick update. Cause I feel, I don't know, obligated. I don't know if this is good for you. Um, I, it feels like a very long week. So this time last week, I was talking about going to the Mass Effect thing at the on the IMAX and and playing with Zach Erickson. What's up, Zach? And playing with Corey, Corey Hicks. What's up, Corey? Um, 
and being not so sure about Mass Effect. Then the review embargoes lifted after this posted, and I started seeing some things come in. And one of the guys that that I trust, um, trust a lot, I've been watching him a long time, Victor Lucas from EPN, Reviews on the Run, that sort of thing. He was heartbroken. He The way that he was talking about this game was not good, and he was really the one, <laughs> I'll blame him, I canceled my pre-order, everybody. And it sort of goes in hand-in-hand hand with what I've been coming to realize um obviously baby is on the way i have the switch i have zelda i've never enjoyed a game that is endless like i'm enjoying like not really endless zelda's not really endless but i could i i jokingly tweeted this week like i could be playing this game when when the baby that i'm about to have learns how to drive um which yeah not that anybody's actually driving themselves in 16 years there'll be driverless cars and automated stuff happening then I just meant that I'll still be playing this game in 16 years, y'all. Okay? I know that... Anyway. Um, so, yeah, I don't... It's a weird... It's, it seems like a weird year to be coming to this. But I honestly don't know if I need any more games. Like, is this... I obviously want to experience what everybody else is up to. But, like, I feel like I've got a good shooter in my life. I've got a good Zelda in my life. Um, technically I, I could just play Mario Kart on the Wii U. Like I, I'm probably going to eat my words here, but I feel like there's, there's nothing really new that I need day one, but we'll see how that all, that all pans out. I'm going to have to like really work at this. I'm going to really have to see if this is going to be a thing, but like I was going through my library and just kind of going like, I could play this for a very, I could play the division for a very long time. I could just do that. And, uh, yeah, so anyways, I'm not sure where I'm going to go with that, but we'll see. Um, I definitely am content. We'll put it that way. I'm content with, with my gaming library. I feel like I could play what I've got for the next foreseeable future for a very, very long time. Um, maybe that I'll just <laughs> leave the show and just do Sheldon Forgotten with, with Dave and Johnny. And then I'll just be playing in my backlog forever. But before we go on, I'm going to get to, I think that's it for me. Um, I just wanted to read one new review. Thank you to Spencer. <laughs> uh, Krypton TKMC. Sean Capri is the Wayne Gretzky of podcasting. I got a insert right here. I'm so, <laughs> I think he said that on, on Fortress of Nerditude, uh, this week. I love that he spelled, <laughs> I don't mean to call you up, but only because you corrected me on the whole Star Trek thing that I'm forgetting the name of again, the Maroon Toucan, Toucan Sam, Maroon 5 thing. Um, he spells Wayne Gretzky wrong. So maybe Chelsea told me that maybe he's talking about a different Wayne Gretzky that wasn't the greatest hockey player who ever lived. I will continue. Uh, Sean has a, Sean has a way of talking to people that is inviting, friendly, and fun. The podcast revolves around Sean interviewing uh, random gamers from the internet. Sean always makes each of his, each of his guests their star of the episode, which is amazing. If you are looking for an entertaining podcast with an enjoyable host, this is the podcast for you. Thank you so much, Spencer. Why don't we, um, why don't we get right into this? So Spencer Stapleton, Fortress of Nerditude is the podcast that he does with, with his best friend and they'll let you know with Steve. So why don't we just do this? Fortress of Nerd. So Fort of Nerd is a Twitter. I'm sorry. I'm a little, I'm a little, uh, a little all over the place this evening. I'm, I'm rushing and I shouldn't be rushing. I should be taking my time, but here we are. We're going to end this. Uh, Spencer Stapleton, follow him on Twitter at Krypton. TKMC or Fort of Nerd. Let's get right into it. The married to the games half of the street team, Spencer Stapleton. 
my kids woke up at like 5.40 in the morning and decided to climb into bed with us. Uh, dude, tell me about what it. What the heck? Do they not know what time it is? It is not they're, just climbing into bedtime They're four parents. and three, actually. They have no clue what time it is. <laughs> well, speaking, speaking of having no clue of that, I actually, that's the thing that I'm probably most worried about with, with a kid on the way is I don't know when when kids are supposed to know things. Like, I think that I've got a pretty good memory of way back in the day when, I don't know, like when I played my first video games and things like that, but like, I don't know when I learned how the calendar worked. Like, when does a kid know, like, what, like, how years work? <laughs> so, I was thinking about this the other day. I think, like, I remember in second or third doing this little workbook where you took, like, little, like, breakout, like, quarters and dimes mm-hmm. and, you know, nickels and whatnot to make change. And I remember, like, trying to learn, like, if you add a quarter to a dime, that makes 35 cents. And so I figured... It has to be right around there because that's like life skills that you are learning. I think that I think kids like I really wish that in school I had like a life class like grade grade one through all the way through high school that like there was something that wasn't really like an academic course like like reading writing arithmetic which is awful that those are the three R's Um, right but more of like how to open a bank account and how to count money. Like kind of, like you said, like kind of like how to make purchases, how to be, I don't know. Maybe that's up for the parents. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe my parents just never taught me <laughs> things like that. We did, we did something like that my senior year in high school, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it was, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember. It's like how to put a checking, a checking account, how to balance it to checkbook. And I don't remember what that class called. I want to say it was called like economics, but I mean, it should have been called something else because I think of economics. I think of like, oh, the theory of economics, you know, how the world works, you know, as far as capitalism. Mm-hmm. No, this was like balance your checkbook. Did you have like so, good? Did know. you have good memories of of growing up in school? Like my my school was. I didn't realize this until I got older, but like I I didn't realize kind of how grungy the north side of of Edmonton was. Like it was it was real rough. I knew all of the racial slurs in grade seven, which puts me at twelve years old. Like it was it was pretty rough. So, but I had like kind of a good close group of friends. At at lunchtime, we'd go to the Seven Eleven down the street, and my one friend loved Tekken, so he would play the Tekken arcade that was tucked into the corner, and he'd put in the quarter, and uh, he he would push the buttons and I would move the character around. We would make it like into a two player thing. So I had like a really good, uh, kind of a secular experience where I could just stay away from all the badness. I'm always curious, like how people like, what was, what was growing up? Like, what was, what was your junior high, high school years kind of like? Uh, you know, gosh, probably the same as most people. I mean, junior high, (laughs) high school is kind of, uh, High school is better. Let, let, let's put it. High school is, mm. I think, a better time for most people. Junior high is very awkward. It's, you know, you're really making a big transition from being a kid into being more of like a, a teenager going into adulthood. And so, you know, there's awkwardness and there. Oh, gosh, there's just it's ugly. I just think it's ugly for everyone, at least junior <laughs> high. Um, but why you know, awkward? What Like what my brother and I were. What specifically was well, kind of like I mean, making that awkward for you? <laughs> we'll just dive right in, Spencer. Me, like, yeah, for, for <laughs> I know you're probably recording already, and this is going to be on record, and I'm going to hate this, but um, there was a time in junior high where I just I was still trying to figure out social interactions. Like, 
if people said something, did they really mean what they said? Mm. And there was this girl, her name was Heather, and I don't remember how, but someone said, you know, oh, I would slap a girl, and I'm like, I I wouldn't slap a girl. And Heather's like, come on, come slap me. She's like, you'll be fine. She's like, In slap the face? me. Like, no, I don't want to. Yes. And I said, I'm not going <laughs> to slap you. She's like, slap me. And I was like, okay. And so I slapped her as hard as I could across the face. And she just put her hand to her cheek, looked at me, and just said, I can't believe you just slapped me. I'm like, you, you told me to <laughs> multiple times. I said, no, you coaxed me into it. So, and I'm, you know, like in like seventh grade. And I, I, mixed messages. What? Uh, please, can we just go into gym class? Yeah. So you go from Ugly. not wanting to touch her to Ric Flaring her across the cheek. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I didn't give a woo, as you know, I, I did it. <laughs> but, but yes, I. Uh, it was just a weird time. Like, you don't really understand a lot of social interaction. Yeah, yeah. And trying to, trying to flirt with girls uh, on, on my podcast, I think – Right around Valentine's Day, Steve, Steve, my co-host and best friend, we talked about some of our like nerdy interactions, mm -hmm. and I told this story about how I, I was dating some girl, which of course junior high dating is like, hey, do you want to go out? Sure, let's go out. <laughs> so now we're boyfriend girlfriend, right? And that's I'll all. See it at was. the lockers later. Right, exactly. I'm like, hey, uh, do you mind if I uh, stand next to you in line when we pick up tater tots at lunch? So. <laughs> I we broke up. She told me through oh, a no. friend that we'd broken up. Oh, that's so, so sad. I had this idea that I like I needed to let her know how I felt. Oh yeah. So I went and I made a mix mm -hmm. of one song, one song only, and I think it was called "Since You've Been Gone" by Genesis on their "We Can't Dance" album. Oh yeah. I put it on, and then I held on to till. Gym class, we were playing softball, and like at the end of the softball game, like I ran up and like slapped that cassette tape down into her glove and said, "Here, listen to this. It'll tell you how I feel." It's like the stupidest thing in the world, but that's what I thought. You know, you're supposed to do—make a big romantic gesture. I don't know. I'm just an idiot. I love this. This okay. So this does make me feel a whole lot better about my own junior high. So I'll pr I appreciate that. And I'll throw you some back because because it was the exact same thing glad, for me. I'm glad my pain can help you. Well, that's what this is. That's what this is all about for us nerds to get together and wallow in our failures growing up in our formative years. I right. think because uh, <laughs> it was exactly the same thing. Junior high was. I don't like. Is it corny to be talking to girls? Am I supposed to be doing this? I'm not even sure. Like, this is what's happening in the movies, and so maybe I'll try and recreate that. But, like, I really don't know what I'm doing. So it's impossible to really plan any of these things. And you don't have a car. I think that's the basic, the basis of the whole thing. You have no yeah. way of actually doing anything with, with these people. And so I, I ended up, like, yeah. just yeah. hanging out on the bus uh, with with this girlfriend, quote unquote, back in the day, and yeah, like she did the exact same thing. I had the exact same experience. She broke up with me through a friend, and I just went back to wearing track pants and sweaters. Like I didn't even wear jeans in junior high. Like I was, I had no clue. I had no clue. You you were probably better off wearing track pants in junior high because. Guys have an unfortunate problem as we are. No, you need jeans. For so you need no. jeans. You need oh, denim tension. No. 
No, no, that's no, because it's super obvious when it happens, Sean. <laughs> you need you need the denim tension to keep it down with sweatpants. Like, there's nothing. It's just that's that's why they've got the gray sweatpants challenge, which is totally filthy, and we won't go there. Uh, but that's hilarious. Maybe, maybe, maybe go, back hammer, go back to hammer pants and just start dancing a little bit. No one will know. That is, everything was baggy. Everything was baggy back then. So I remember when I was when I was in uh, junior high, crisscross was really big. So crossed out the brand and all the backwards pants and the big baggy stuff. That was huge at that time. And I think my father would have whooped my butt if I ever wore pants backwards or baggy <laughs> where it was like hanging down to my knees. So I was just a normal kid who wore like jeans who like tight rolled them at the bottom because that was still in style. Oh, yeah. I look at pictures now and I'm like, what was I thinking? But in my defense, everyone else was doing it. It was just what else are you going to do if that's what's on TV and that's what's in the magazines? You know, when magazines were cool. That's what what else are you going to what is one to do? So what games are you playing at this time? What games are you playing at this time when uh, when Heather is breaking your heart? What what are you able to go home to and uh, and distract yourself from the heartbreak of heartbreak heartbreaking Heather? Yeah, from uh, <laughs> from slapping Heather, I would immediately go home and <laughs> jump on my SNES or my Genesis. Uh, at that time, Josh and I were playing a lot of NBA Jam. I mean, yeah. that was that was really big. So we would probably get in a few games of that, and it was. I would say it was pretty close. Usually, like, that game I've always felt rubber banded quite a bit. That one team would start going up really, really, you know, really, really high. And then all of a sudden, just the other team would get on fire. And then, bang, you know, you were right back in it. Um, so <laughs> I played that game played so that. much. Yes. Oh, it was such a good game. It was it was fun. Like, it's not meant to be a actual NBA simulator, but just mm-hmm. a fun game. So we we would be playing that, that in junior high. We'd be playing uh, Mario on the SNES. We'd be playing Donkey Kong. Like we really got into, I think it was Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, came out on the SNES, and we played that a ton. And I remember, I think we beat that game a time or two cooperatively together. Um, so that, and then on the Sega Genesis at the time, it was Sonic the Hedgehog, the first one. It would be, gosh, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, Altered Beast was on there. Do you have fond memories of Altered Beast? Or is that like, I feel no, like King no, Street's coming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I look back at that and I'm like, why did we play this game? Like, I'm not a big kind of like horror guy or like scary guy. So looking back, I was like, why would I want to play a game where I transformed into like this mutant werewolf and then just went around and like, you know, went crazy. Mm-hmm. It just seems out of the norm. But I wonder if it was the Genesis was kind of like our B console. So like the SNES was the A console. That was the the granddaddy, the show, if you will. I mean, mm-hmm. we we played that. That was the one we showed games off to our friends. And then the Genesis was kind of like the B console. It was there, and yeah. we played it. But it was kind of like that. If we were tired of all the normal stuff on the big Cadillac. Then we'd go down to the little <laughs> geo prism and we'd play something. Were you into arcades at all growing up? Like I feel like that's kind of the the advantage that Sega had back in the day was that you'd have like this as close to the arcade experience in your own home. Right. Um, 
I played arcades quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I spent a lot of time uh, over at Aladdin's Castle, or we had yes. this pizza place in DeKalb, which was like the next city over. And they had it was really funny because we we still go there when we end up getting back home. Which, granted, I haven't been home in like ten years, but you would go on the main level. You'd go down like four steps, and you'd be like in this little. I don't know, just like this little like dingy area that all it had was uh, a TMNT arcade game. It had a Mortal Kombat game. Oh, yeah. It had like a Galaga and a Pac-Man. It was like four. Mm -hmm. There was like – it wasn't much. But we played the mess out of TMNT. I mean that game just – yeah, it saw a lot of quarters for me, and so we would beg mom and dad. They'd say, hey, what do you guys want to do? They're like, can we go get pizza? Can we go get pizza? And they'd say – Okay, well, let's just order Domino's. No, no, no. Let's go to Pizzaville. Let's go to P- – you know, we'd have to beg my dad to, you know, get back out outside, you know, get in the car, pack up all of us kids and drive us, you know, like miles into the other town just so we could go play arcade games while we ate pizza. Oh, my god! And as a father now <clears> – <throat> as a father now, I understand – how much work and effort that is after you've worked a full long day, you've been gone from the home for nine or 10 hours and you're just exhausted. And so I give a lot of props to my dad back in the day because that's, that's a good dad move to, to take your kids across town to let them play video games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I love the idea. Okay. So I, I'm going to break this down a little bit. I love the idea that the kids start out sort of broad, you know, the end goal that you want, you know, you want to go play video games, but you start with pizza, but just, Oh, what a coincidence. There are video games at the pizza place that I have in mind. And I'm wondering like, maybe if the parent, if your parents were kind of like playing along with you, knowing that that's what you wanted when they said dominoes and knowing that that's not exactly what you had in mind. <laughs> so the back and forth, like, the games that parents play just to make, keep things interesting or keep the kids on their toes. I think I think my parents knew from an early age that I was going to try to manipulate any situation I could to my better advantage. <laughs> yeah, and and they, they they know this about me. It's not it's not a new thing. <laughs> and they probably knew. They said, "Hey, listen, we're going to end up at Pizza Villa anyway." But let's at least see if we can throw this other thing out there just to maybe distract him and he'll forget. Yep. And no. I was like, Dad, we got to get the pizza nugget. Oh, pizza man. nuggets are like little – gosh, they're like little bread nuggets, like little pe- like little pizza dough nuggets that they just toss into the fryer yeah. and you dip them in sauce. I mean it's like a Indian fryer deal. And like you, we'd beg for those because the only place that had those was – Pizza Villa, which of happened course. to have, you know, arcade games. You're scheming. You're scheming yeah. at all times, at all times. So what else about growing? I mean, your parents were able to provide like the Super Nintendo, the, the Genesis. Were these were these family presents where they just kind of like we have a TV and we also have games, that sort of thing? Or were they were they uh, was one system yours, one system Josh's or how did how did games get kind of shared uh, from coming from your parents into the house and then shared with the kids. Okay, so I'm going to give you a little bit of the long answer to get you there, but That's it's what a good this podcast story. is all about. So, <laughs> good, good. When I remember the first console that was ever in our home was the Atari 2600, mm-hmm. and 
actually my dad picked up because I remember specifically we were living in Michigan at the time. Uh, this is before we moved to Illinois, which is where we spent most of our childhood. And I remember we had like Pitfall and I think Defender and Moon Patrol maybe. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> we would – we'd play a ton of Pitfall. and But I remember like it wasn't – I mean I at the time was maybe like six or seven it was more for, I think, my parents at the time. Like, my dad really liked it. And so we'd play that. Um, two years went by, we moved to Illinois. And when we first moved to Illinois, uh, we moved onto the street, which was like this little, it's like a little iconic, like scenic. You know, there's trees, you know, kind of over, growing up right against the side of the street, kind of hanging over. So it'd kind of be shady on the street, and kids would be riding their bicycles sickles up and down. I mean, this is like 1988. Yeah. Uh, it's a little small town in northern Illinois. It's about 60 miles west of Chicago, a little town called Sycamore. Just a beautiful, beautiful place. Great place to raise a family. And out there, I see this kid riding around uh, delivering papers, and he's a paper boy, and he's probably like 12. And I, he stops to drop off our paper, and I said, oh, hey, you know, you know, how did you get to be a paper boy? And he said, oh, you know, I just – you know, applied for the thing and, you know, they needed someone in this area. And he said, actually, I'm getting ready to quit. And I said, how much does it pay? And he said, you know, kind of told me that there was this thing where you would charge so much for the paper, but then the paper company, the DeKalb Chronicle, would charge you like half of that. So whatever you made extra, you would keep. So mm-hmm. you were like really uh, enticed to make sure you collect from all of your subscribers. That okay. way you make your money. And so like – I'd literally been there for maybe a week, and I'd taken over his paper route. And then I started delivering papers, and that entire summer, I saved every penny I had. And my notes to me, my mom had gone down to the Walmart, and she'd put a NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System, on layaway. And she'd put $10 down and put it on layaway and was holding it all summer for me. And I remember I saved up $100 because that was the cost of a console back then. That's huge. Which is totally not the same anymore. Yeah. But I saved up $100. That's a lot of money. I bought the Nintendo. And it was a ton of money at the time. But my mom and dad had told me, they said, we can't afford to give you $100. They had just moved from an apartment into their first home. And so money was tighter than it had ever been. And I, as an adult now, I, I definitely understand that and I get mm-hmm. that. And how many but kids I put are together around at this time? Three. It was me, uh, Josh, who's two years younger, almost two and a half years younger than me, and then my sister Andra, who is six years younger than me. Okay. Uh, later, later we'd get the last sister, but that's like another six years from this point in the story. Right, right. So I get the Nintendo. So I go down to Walmart, and my mom tells me she, she put one on layaway because they were at that point sold out. There was nothing, but mine, since it was on layaway, was still there. Nice. And so we picked up layaway. Picked the Nintendo. I know <laughs> things they don't do anymore, right? <laughs> um, we we picked it up. We brought it home. We unboxed it. All we had was Mario Kart, uh, Mario Brothers Duck Hunt. That was the the mm-hmm. cartridge. It was the the double cartridge, and that's all we had. So we had two controllers, the zapper, and the one the one uh the one cartridge, and we played the mess out of Mario Brothers. And famously, my dad would always watch us play. And as soon as the kids would go to bed, as soon as Josh and I would go to bed, he would try to get on it and play it. That's and awesome. my mom would tell us that he would 
he would play it for maybe like 15 seconds, then he'd drop into a hole or he'd run into a Koopa uh, or a mushroom would get him <laughs> and he'd just get angry and he'd slam the controller down. I was like, how is it that the kids who are like nine and seven can play this thing, but I can't. I'm a grown adult. <laughs> I'm a he man. So angry. I, that's right. He's like, and these little kids are showing me up. And so my dad literally would try to practice to get better so he could, you know, show us off his skills. But then like the next day I'd pick it up and I'd clear like, you know, three levels, you know, you know, without losing a man. And my, my mom said that my dad would just come home and see that and hear that and just be dejected <laughs> and go, yeah, I'm never going to, I'm never going to keep up. It's like, and then my dad stopped. My he dad made never quit. played enough. Again. I mean, I got my dad to rage quit and I didn't even know it. Oh man, the original Rage Quit back in there in the late '80s. Now, do I do I recall Josh telling me that your mom was playing Tetris as well back in the day? Dude, my mom was a Tetris fiend. Yeah. She so when we oh gosh, we got Tetris and and I, I'm trying to remember what Josh told you because I tell the story this way: is that we would come home from school and mom would be playing Tetris and we'd say, "Oh, great!" and we'd run up to get onto the to get onto the Nintendo, mom, 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 can we play? And she says, uh, and wouldn't even look at us, would take one hand off the controller and just kind of shoo at us with that hand and just say, no, 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 go, go do your homework. Never breaking eye contact. She was still <laughs> playing one hand with the, with the game, wouldn't, wouldn't even bat an eye. She goes, no, 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 go do your homework. So we'd run off, go do our homework. We'd come back. And she goes, no, 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 wait, I'm going to make dinner just in a minute. Uh, so we'd sit there and then she's like, okay, Time to turn it off. I'm going to go make dinner. And she'd get up and she'd go make dinner. And like, you know, now it's like 630, you know, because at that time, you know, elementary school, it was like 330 we got out of school. And it's like 6 or 630. My dad be getting home. We'd be eating dinner. And I'm like, man, I wanted to come home and play. And I didn't get a chance to because mom was on there. And she'd always say, just, I'm, I've almost got the rocket ship or I've almost cleared this level and I'm, I'm going to go up to the next level. And she always had an excuse. My mom is a fiend at that matter of fact a few years ago i think she was out visiting her outside of philly where she lives and he bought her a retron and he got her a, a tetris uh, cartridge and he said that he came down to the basement where they kind of had their setup late one night and my mom was still up playing that thing and i went oh crack cocaine for mom she's hooked again Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. So now moving forward, now that now that you have a family of your own, like what are some of the parallels that you draw from all of these old memories to kind of now or or are there? I imagine that that your mom is is probably closer to the two where you're not necessarily rage quitting like your dad was back in the day, but are you are you getting um shown up by your kids with games or are you shown in the way still? Because you were born um, into are, it. <laughs> I, I, You're like I Bane really with video I was, games. I mean, yes. Um, I had, let's see, the Atari 2600, the NES, we had the SNES, mm -hmm. we had the Sega Genesis, we had the Nintendo 64, we had a PlayStation, and then right around that time is when I left to go to college. And then I ended up ha having... You left where? Uh, where did you go? Um, so I ended up going up into I to Idaho with my buddy Steve, and we went to a junior college called Ricks at the time. There it is. And then I okay, up, there's Steve. Cool. Then, yeah. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, so yeah, Steve, Steve and I have been best friends since gosh, I was like eight years old. That's awesome. When we moved to Illinois, he just lived kind of down and around the corner a little bit, like on the same block that I lived on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we went to college there, and then uh, I ended up getting married the, for the first time. And so then I went down to Arizona. Her her parents had been uh, her dad had been really sick with cancer. So I ended up going to ASU for a number of years uh, through college. But college years were kind of like the PS2, the Xbox, the PS3, the Xbox 360. And then now I'm S4, Nintendo Switch. Oh, I had a GameCube. Sorry, I had a GameCube as well. I think the only things uh, – GameCube and a Wii. I think the only things I've missed console-wise from the time I was pretty much born till now is I never had a Dreamcast. And I never had the Wii U, and I currently don't have the Xbox One. That's it. Like three consoles out of every console that's ever been available. So, and somehow, somewhere, somebody's going to be like, "What? You didn't have the Wii U, or you didn't have an Xbox One?" Right, like, right, they'll exactly. just focus on one. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're gonna be like, "How dare he not have an Xbox One?" I'm like, "Yeah, man, I got a life and kids, and I'm in a motorcycle club, and I'm trying to, you know, do this and that and the other, and I can't do." it it all i try it's totally fair did you sneak in did i did i hear that right did you say that you were married once before like did you say you were married the first time yes i i was married i was uh before my current wife uh the wife the only wife the wife um the the mother of my children the beautiful lovely brita uh yes uh i i part-time podcaster as well she she does join us once a month when we do the movie club, uh, which is a lot of fun. I have to admit, um, I was a little hesitant. Get kind of batted around the idea of maybe being like a husband and wife podcasting duo for a little mm-hmm. while, and and I kind of decided against it. It was more my call than hers. And I just went. <laughs> I think it's good to do it every so often because I had an experience with my first wife that mm-hmm. kind of has colored my outlook on this is that when you're with someone that you love too much and you're around that person too much, you don't have anything to talk about when you go back. You don't have anything to say like, Hey, your day, you know, what did you do? And like actually spend time getting to kind of like catch back up with the person that you're, you're in love with and you want to spend your, your life with instead. It's like, Hey, uh, yeah. So that thing just happened. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You were there. Yeah. Yeah. We have nothing to talk about now. And then, you know, you turn to video games. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So so I was married once before. Uh, I was young when we got married. Mm-hmm. Uh, right after we got married, my father had passed. And so it it became a really kind of a dark time for me. I was struggling with losing my father. Of course. And then her, her father got really sick with cancer, so we moved away from kind of – an environment that I felt safe and comfortable in at the time and had, you know, family and friends around me to, to a place where I didn't know anybody and I was struggling. And then we'd only been married a little, a short while. We'd only dated a really short while. Yeah. And so our marriage started struggling. And I'll t- tell you what, Sean, what really kind of helped to fill the gap when things were bad was Halo 2 on the oh, Xbox wow. 360. And I'm, I'm ashamed to admit when I've looked back, but I own up to everything I do in my life, and I'm not afraid of that. Yeah, I looked at the number of hours that I dumped into Halo 2, and it 
it averaged out to be six and a half hours <laughs> every day for oh two and a gosh. half years. Wow. Yeah. I played the mess out of Halo 2. I was ranked in the top 50 for a while in multiplayer. I mean, it was... I don't think you need to be need to be ashamed of that, but is that the, the cause or a result of the environment that you were in? It was a result. It, yeah. it definitely wasn't, it wasn't the cause. Yeah, it, was a it was a place... Yeah, it was definitely a coping mechanism. I was, I was looking for an escape. I was very unhappy. Uh, I was making people around me unhappy, and something I could I could kind of you know put on a headset and listen to twelve year olds scream at me as I was you know as I was teabagging them after <laughs> after just destroying them. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it was you know it was uh, it was a good time at the time. But like looking back, I'm like, man, six and a half hours every day. Because yeah, I would yeah. get home from like about four o'clock in the afternoon. I would play till like midnight some nights, sometimes later. And then, you know, other days I'd have other stuff to do sometimes. But so I played a, I played a lot of that. Um, I think getting back to your original question, my kids, my kids though. So I've got all this gaming history behind me and I've, gosh, I've been playing for years and years. My kids though are young enough that Charlie's just turned four and Jackson's about to turn three. Great names, so by the way, you took all my names. Well, I like Sully, so I think you're okay there. Oh, he's just the um, bump. That's the baby bump. That's I keep. I know. Use I know. It. I love it. Jackson, oh, so good. Charlie, amazing. Anything yeah, and from and Jack and Charlie are from Lost, so that's why they're they're up top for me. I like I like my Lost names. Dude, Sean, that that's how we named Charlie. Hell yeah, no <laughs> joke. That's awesome. It's not Penny's like, boat. I I wanted. That's it! Oh, Sean, you know it. I I wanted to find a onesie that said "Not Penny's Boat" oh, no. and put it on the wall, but I couldn't find one. Oh my gosh! If there's ever a moment in a TV show that just like I I'll never forget it. And I've watched I've watched Lost probably three times all the way through. I think that I have to go. It will go down as my favorite TV series of all time. The pilot, I think is the best hour of television ever created. Like I am, I'm a big fan. I watched it on my, I was introduced to it late. Um, and just, it was my very first pop in the DVD and go like, just one more episode. Okay. Just one more episode. Okay. It's four 30 in the morning. What the heck am I even doing? Yes, here? Exactly. So I watched it. I kind of like caught up with TV and then finished off live with everybody else. And then when I met Chelsea, I'm like, how, how have you not seen Lost? You have to watch the pilot. And then I got her hooked and then I watched it again with her. And then I even brought it into work and we would wa- we would have Lost at lunch. We would watch an episode every single day and we watch all six seasons. And every single time I was picking up things, you know, in the very beginning of things that would loop back to the end. And I am a, I'm a massive fan. I love all the characters. So that's why I pick out Jack and, and Charlie, well, Jackson and Charlie. I'm like, Oh, I just love these characters so, so much. Yeah. We, we really were talking because for me, I always knew that uh, Charlie's middle name was going to be Gary, which is my, my father's name. Um, And Josh named his, his oldest son, Andrew Gary after my dad because we kind of have a family history that my middle name is Joseph and that's after my mom's dad and my brother's middle name is Charles and that's after my dad's dad that's great so we kind of had this idea that we were going to kind of continue on that and then we were talking about names we liked and my grandfather uh that Josh's middle name is after Charles had passed 
and we had just got done watching Lost. And I was like, man, I'm like, I really like the name Charlie. And we were talking about, you know, Charlie from the show and not Penny's boat and mm-hmm. kind of how, you know, you kind of like the kid at first and then, you know, he, he does some things, you know, and then, but then in the end, you know, he totally kind of has this full circle to come back and redeem himself. And you just, wow, when he goes, it's just a gut punch. I mean, it's just, I remember spoilers. that moment going, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, spoilers, spoilers to a 10-year-old for Lost. Yeah, exactly. Right. But I remember just looking at that going, oh, no. And it was at that moment I was like, man, I really want to name a kid Charlie. And so my wife, Brita, felt the exact same way. So Charlie, boom, slam dunk. We had that before we were pregnant. Jackson, we decided – my wife was in labor. She was pushing. It was about five minutes before Jackson was actually into this world Mm -hmm. that we decided and settled on Jackson for him. That is a stellar name. Yeah, anything we, followed I by mean, Stapleton is going to sound great too. Like Stapleton's a great last name as well. So you guys are you guys are. I, set. Tend, to, I tend to agree, with, but I'm biased. So uh, I'll it's have something to you don't really know growing up. It's something that you don't think of. Like how amazing is my name? But then you're kind of like, oh, that actually that actually kind of works. So yeah, let's go back to we'll we'll step away from loss. But I, I did want to just touch on the yeah. fact that your your uh, knowledge of nerdum and all things pop culture runs deep and wide. And I love that. And I want to talk about uh, Fortress of Nerditude. But yeah, what's what is the um, the things that sort of what are the parallels from the, your memories growing up as a kid playing video games and, and that sort of dynamic with your parents and now as as a grown man who wears a, a Superman T-shirt? What's the, what's right. what is it like now? So, I think it's different now. Like, yeah, the the generation my father grew up in was, I mean, it was just different. I mean, my my dad was born in the late fifties, and he didn't start having kids until the late seventies, and so he grew up in a different generation. His father worked in a steel mill all his life, um, you know. He, he didn't have – I mean video games really came into existence and became really popular and were acceptable uh, – not acceptable, but accessible to the masses mm-hmm. like into the late 70s and early 80s. And at this point, my dad was an adult with kids. He was going to college at the time. He was working three jobs. And so he was trying to kind of get into it, um, but he wasn't – You know, it, he, was, he wasn't raised with it. Yeah. So – so I, I see my dad's you know influence a lot in my life in a lot of various different ways. Video gaming's not really one of them though. Yeah. How um, so then? Like was, what? You, you, I I get the sense that obviously um, you speak very highly of your of your dad. Like it. I don't know exactly how to how to phrase it, but every time you've mentioned, every time you talk about him, it's very like white knightish. Very. Um, you, like you admire him. Like, what do you admire most? What did you admire most about about your dad growing up, and now appreciate as a father yourself? My dad was loyal to a fault. My yeah. dad loved. If if my dad loved you and someone, you were someone that he cared about. My dad, dad would do anything for you. Like yeah. he would, you know, he would drop what he was doing. If my dad did uh, remote controlled airplanes, which. He loved, and he always wanted to get me into, and I couldn't stand the crap out of it. It was boring to me. Um, but he loved 
them together. I mean, yeah, looking back, I go, man, I wish I would have had more time. You know, everyone says that. I wish I would have had more time of with my course. dad. I wish I yeah. would have done things. And in this case, nope, I'm good. Um, <laughs> I would have <laughs> oh, done other God. stuff with my dad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would have done other stuff with my dad, not that. Um, <laughs> but he he would drop he would drop that. Like he would yeah. stop doing, you know, come up from the basement. He had this like little workbench in the basement. He would, you know, kind of putter around and make these model airplanes and uh, he would drop whatever he needed to do to, to take care of someone, the friend or a neighbor. And like, that's one of the things that like was instilled in me from him is that, you know, family comes first Yeah, and family doesn't just necessarily mean, you know, brothers and sisters and, you know, moms and dads, but it means anyone that you love and anyone that you cherish. And so I've tried to take that down in my life as kind of like my, uh, like my mantra, like my kind of, you know, driving force that, you know, if I care about you and we're friends, if you need something, if you need me, I'm going to do everything I can do to be there for you and help you out. And that's something I definitely picked up from my father. Um, I do, you're right, you're right on. I do have a lot of respect for my father. Yeah. Uh, I love him dearly. And I think he was a, a great father and a great example. But he wasn't a perfect person, and I'm I'm definitely aware of his flaws and you know some issues you know that you know that caused you know maybe you know maybe him not to you know maybe perfect in everyone's eyes I guess. Mm-hmm. But he was a good man, you know. He was just solid, you know. He he grew up with a a good work ethic, you know. He kept his nose clean. He was never in trouble with the law, uh, other than you know a few scrapes as a as a teenager and you know a youth. That we all kind of get into that kind of stuff. Totally. Um, but yeah, but he was you know he was just a, a solid guy all around, and he was a big guy. He was like six five, uh, had a big booming laugh, and the the real funny thing is that my dad and and I'm totally this way. If my dad would tease you or give you a hard time and you know just kind of mock you a little bit, you knew you were in with my dad. Oh yeah, you, that's. Like my That's dad code right there. It absolutely like I, I told uh, Josh and I have talked about this a lot. I don't think I've ever heard my dad use the word bonehead more in my life than when he was talking about. He's <laughs> like, it's like, it's like such a bonehead. But like, I knew that was my dad's like loving term for like, I love you. You're kind of an idiot right now, but I still love you. I love you know, that. We got called that nonstop and I, for good reasons. I mean, Gosh, I was just a dumb kid a lot of the time. Well, but, I love I love how kindly and and how uh, highly you speak of your dad. There, it doesn't surprise me in the least that the first thing that you mention about him is is his quality of of loyalty because I obviously see that with with you and Josh. I mean, just without just immediately you guys give off this sense of just being there for, for people. And I know that you've both been there for me and I try my absolute best to reciprocate that as best I can, but it's kind of like you guys are on a whole other level of just instant friendship and always being there for people. And I, I'm gathering that that's kind of what has um, really built and structured your friendship with Steve and now moving into 
uh, podcasting, now that you guys kind of get to celebrate your best friendship, as I know Johnny Casino has noted on his show, that is, <laughs> right. you, said you guys tell each other every day that you're best friends, which is, is amazing. Which is I heard him say that, and I, I got a really big laugh out of that. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know that we ever talk about like how we're best friends or like how we came to be friends. <laughs> but, but, but objectively, I can understand that that probably bleeds through pretty heavy. Um, we've well, you guys known are each clearly other. Clearly, good friends. Yes, I mean, so I tell the we tell this to people is that we've been best friends since we were like eight and nine. We went through, you know junior high high school together we were college roommates uh we lived together for a little while after that uh you know he's been the best man at both of my weddings i've been the best man at his wedding we've been there for for births of uh, each other's children and yeah. baptisms and uh you know just he outside so and I, I have a hard time trying to explain this to some people but I think you're 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 gonna get what I'm saying is that mm-hmm. Josh is my blood brother, but Steve is the closest thing to a brother I have in this life besides Josh. Yeah. Um Steve's Steve's uh, biological father was uh was absent a lot of his childhood. Mm-hmm. And Steve spent a lot of time over at our house. And when my dad passed I, I think it. I think my dad's passing impacted Steve just as hard as it impacted Josh and I, yeah, because Steve considered my dad a father to him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just Steve was always at our house. He's a you know he is my best friend, but he's also my brother. Um, and so yeah, we've known each other for a long time, and that does bleed through. I mean, we've done a lot of stuff together, and you know, we have a lot of stories that we we can never tell anyone. Because we understand that if I tell this story that involves Steve, he's got a story over here uh, in his hip yeah. pocket. Mutually assured destruction, mutually I think they call it. Assured. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. You guys yes. are you guys have an uh, an armory of nuclear weapons at your disposal on each other. It's, it is true, but the the flip side of that is hardly ever get embarrassed. Yeah. Like I try to take in good stride it's like yep i've done dumb stuff and if you're gonna bring it up and then try to embarrass me i'm just gonna roll with it because what can i say own it and move on you know oh, let's awesome. go with it you know let's have a good time so yeah. so i think you and i probably first this is i think i've, I've said this to a couple of people but um you and i first crossed paths through the married to the games crew um i definitely was this sounds weird to even say, but like I was aware of you through the Married to the Games, through um, through the street team. And I talked to Josh about that a little bit. And I just kind of wanted to use that as a launching pad into I'm assuming that's kind of what got your mind into even thinking about doing Fortress of Nerditude. Or like what was your sort of entry into podcast if it wasn't Married to the Games? So Married to the Games was the first podcast I ever listened to. And I I never, yeah, I mean, really, so I wasn't really into podcasting, um, because I listened to a lot of audiobooks as well. Like I still do that. Um, my audio, my audiobook listening has dramatically dropped off because now I'm listening to way too many podcasts. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, and and it's funny because I've got my days, like I know on Mondays, I know that I'm listening to we, the gamer cast. 
And I know that on Wednesday evenings or Thursday mornings, I'm listening to If We Ran Nintendo. I know that now on Fridays, I'm listening to Married to the Games. Mm-hmm. When, you know, I've got shelved and forgotten. When that comes out, I listen to that and, you know, play some video games. And I've just, you know, this whole like list, you know, Mega Dads Live. Oh, Mega Dads, yeah. Oh, uh, podcasts. And I'm glad that theirs is like longer, but it's only like once a month because then I can like, fit that in and I don't have to try to like schedule more time in the week because mm-hmm. I try to listen while I'm while I'm at work totally. um, but I was audiobook guy and music and Josh said hey you got to check out this podcast and I went yeah I mean I don't know I just kind of hemmed and hawed and I was like yeah podcast I mean just l- listening to a bunch of random guys I mean uh whatever talk radio basically like my dad right. listened to talk radio I'm not turning yeah. it to my dad so willingly and yeah. I, I'm turning into my like dad. AM? Yeah, exactly. Me, uh... My dad used to listen to. Well, he still does. He listens to AM radio like full blast. Like he'll pull up to the house, and you know he's there not because the engine of his car, but because of how loudly like the talk radio is blasting out of his speakers. Pull up, you hear the. Now we're going to have a conversation about panhead motorcycles. It was. I wish. A- I wish it was that gentle. It was like it was it was like sports radio or like the new, the local news and like the the editorials that guys were reading like just old school radio, and yeah, so that's and now here I am just listening to guys scream about video games. So what's the difference? Yes, exactly. Um, so Josh Josh was bugging me, and <laughs> I finally okay, I'll relent. Josh has this way, and he, Josh, Josh, and I know each other very, very well. We're we're really close. We live like three minutes from each other. That's we awesome. talk all the time. Yeah. And one of the only reasons I'm actually s- have stayed in Utah for so long is because Josh is here and his kids are here. Yeah. And I just love Josh and his wife Stephanie dearly, and I love you know my nieces and nephews. And if they weren't here, you know, there wouldn't be much holding me here. Mm-hmm. But it's family, and like I told, them, I'm loyal to family. It's like I don't want to. You know, I don't want to move if I don't have a reason to. Just be, you know, just because isn't a good enough reason. Now, if something and Josh had to pick up and move for work, you know, I'm not saying I would follow him. He'll follow him, yeah. But um, because we're close. But yeah. anyway, he'd been pestering me. He just knew he knew that if I listened to it, I was going to be all in, and I was going to. And so finally, I I relented. I said, okay, fine, I'll listen. And at the time, it was you know Tim Hall. Uh, Tim Rutter and Gabe Patillo, and there was just the three of them. And I started listening. I was like, "Oh, this is kind of cool." And I really dug the vibe because it spoke to me as where I'm at in my life. That I'm still a gamer, but I'm also a father, and I work full time job, and I've got other things going on in my life. And they would kind of speak to that, and it wasn't mm-hmm. like beyond right. Where it's you know, these guys who are kind of professionally in the industry and you know talking about gr- in great detail like little minutia of video game or you know stuff with the developer because that that to me is interesting in a I'll file that away in my brain later when I'm in a Trivial Pursuit game and a question comes up <laughs> but not in an everyday conversational way. Uh-huh. So I started listening to them and then I got really hooked. And then it kind of blossomed from there. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to write in and, and, you know, and try to see if I can get an answer on the show. And then I remember the first thing they read, I don't, I don't remember what it was, but they read and they read my name. And I was like, Stapleton. Oh, there's another Stapleton. I wonder if this is Josh Stapleton's brother. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly who I am. And then a little bit of, 
a little bit of time went by and and Josh and I then started like we started actively trying to recruit listeners to Married to the Games and that's when we got branded the street team and and since then um you know since then I, I honestly cuz I had been playing uh Destiny with Chris and for gosh maybe like a year before he got put on the podcast um and so like I'm I consider myself friends with, you know, Chris, Ed, Tim, and Gabe. Like, mm-hmm. I talk to all of them in, individually through social media and sometimes not. Like, there's times where, you know, Gabe has just called me up and, you know, wanted to ask me about something or kind of bang an idea off of me and just talk for a few minutes. Um, and, you know, so I, I'm kind of friends with all these guys, but there was a time, let's think, it was the two Christmases ago, right after Star Wars Episode Seven came out, The Force Awakens. And I was in Montana, which is where my wife is from, and I was – I took my PS4 up with me, and I took like a little computer monitor that has an HDMI, and I plugged it in. And I'm downstairs in this basement room, and I'm playing uh, – let's see. I was playing Telltale's Game of Thrones I think at the time, and Gabe pops on, and he shoots me a message. And so I flip over into the, the voice chat channel. And Gabe and I ended up talking for like two, two and a half hours about Star Wars Episode Seven and Star I Wars. And it was it. just, it was just Gabe and I in there for like two and a half hours, and we were talking about family, and we were talking about Star Wars, and we were talking about just a bunch of different things. And it was kind of at that moment when I went, I think I want to do a podcast. It was mm-hmm. just like a little seed. It was mm-hmm. like. This little seed of I'm I play video games, but I also am big into movies and kind of nerd and pop culture and Star Wars and Star Trek and just all this stuff. Doctor Who, anything that's on TV, you know. I just I like to talk about this stuff, but I find that I don't have as many people around me in my day to day anymore um, to talk to about that kind of stuff, and so. This little seed was kind of in that moment that I was like, man, I just had a great time talking to a buddy for like two and a half hours about mm-hmm. just sci-fi nerd stuff, pop culture kind of references, and then family and friends and whatnot and podcasts. And and then I just kind of slowly kind of thought about it and you know, pondering, do I want to do this? What kind of commitment? What do I need to do? And then eventually – uh, it was right after MTTG 200 that Josh and I went out to Tennessee for. I was like, you know what? Yep, I'm going to do this. I'm like, even if even if no one listens, even if I can't get my own mother to listen, <laughs> I want to try. I want to try it at least. And and then for a little while, I kind of struggled with you know the idea of format and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I got to give you big props, Sean. You were a great help. Uh, I know I was bouncing ideas off of you and we talked and I talked with Ed Placentia from Married to the Games a few times and I talked with Gabe Patillo from Married to the Games and all of you guys gave me a lot of great feedback and great advice took all of that and internalized it and said okay this is what I want to do and this is how I want to do it and then I talked to my best friend Steve and I said do you have any interest in doing this and he said on the condition that it doesn't matter how many people listen and we just use it as an opportunity to make sure that we talk once a week and we just have a good time. I and I said, that. done. Yeah, man. So, so that's what it is. I mean, we, we really don't care. I mean, don't get me wrong. We care. We want people to listen, but we want people to listen because 
we enjoy talking to one another and we enjoy how nerdy and silly and goofy we can be. So we want to have a good time and want other people, if they like that, to come around and listen. But ultimately, at the end of the day, if it's just him and I and even our mothers don't listen, we don't really care because <laughs> it's something that will be encapsulated in time that we can yeah. always go back and look at and say, do you remember when we did this and you know we talked about this and – and it's just a good it's just a good time. We gosh, we we laugh self silly. Like, there's a thing we do before the podcast. We get and we do some mic checks and and what and then we end up talking about some things for a little bit. And we end up probably sometimes riffing one with one another for like forty five minutes before we ever start. You should probably start recording now. And <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, hey, we should record that because we just have been laughing for 45 minutes and we just wasted a ton of great material. That reminds me, but, maybe I should probably hit record about now. Yeah. That would be a good idea. Yeah, maybe. maybe a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't joke about that, talking about Married to the Games. I'll have another Ed Placencia episode happen all over again where I lose it to the to the ether at some point. What is the That's thing that has surprised so you most about jumping into podcasting? Like what's something that, that maybe you didn't expect about launching into the Fortress of Nerdisude? How much time it takes to edit. That was the big <laughs> thing. That yeah, yeah that's true. That I'm, a, I'm an all-in or a not-in-at-all guy. Mm-hmm. Like, So I, I was trying to explain this to someone, and I got the perfect analogy. I, I withheld on the Wii U. I had the Wii. I liked the Wii. The Wii U looked horrible. Every time I tried to play it, I just ah, – the big paddle, the big tablet thing, I just couldn't get past it. I didn't like it. So mm-hmm. I just not at all. Never touched it. Uh, I got Switch and I got Breath of the Wild and then someone – well, not someone. It was Josh. It was my brother. He's like, hey, have you heard about this Amiibo thing? And I'm like, ah, I mean I've kind of looked at it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I – own eight amiibo right now already josh eight. is coming off as a bit of and a pusher in this episode dude well i mean <laughs> it goes both ways don't don't get me wrong it goes both ways um but he totally was like yeah we should we should look into that a little bit i'm like yeah we should and then i looked into it for like five more minutes and i'm like yeah okay uh i'm going over to walmart right after work oh, and then i'm gonna hit up the GameStop, and then I'm going to hit up the Target. And so I ended up getting all of the Breath of the Wild amiibo. I found an Ocarina of Time link at a at like a furniture store that also kind of has an electronics department in the back. So and it was like random. sitting on the floor and like everyone was passing it by. And then I ordered the Ganondorf from Smash that I could find. And I got a Wolf Link amiibo from Princess. And so I'm all in or not at all. And so anyway, uh, getting Getting back to what we're talking about, which is I don't really remember because I got distracted by the Amiibo. Oh, surprising about podcasting, editing. Yes, editing. So what really surprised me is that it takes me – I've kind of got my editing down to like a two-to-one ratio. So if I yeah. record an hour, it takes me about two hours to edit it. And that's, that's a good way to look at it. That's, that's editing and that's also like getting tags applied to it and getting it uploaded to the service. Yeah. So that's like everything. Um but I, what I'm surprised by is that I listen, and I know some people maybe don't do it this way, but like I listen through the entire podcast. Like I start it and I listen to everything because I try to edit out and shorten things up. And sometimes we'll have places where um, we record separately, and then Steve sends me his audio file, and I and I take the two tracks and I 
and I edit them and I'll line them up and I'll try to make sure that if I'm starting to talk and Steve's trying to interject, but then he kind of backs off and he waits for me to finish. And then he picks up the, like, I like mute out where he was trying to interject Mm. because it doesn't do anything for the podcast. It just makes it, it just makes it more muddled and noisy. Whereas then he still comes across like, you know, five seconds later and then says what he was going to say and makes his point And then, you know, we laugh and whatever. Yep. And so thank like, you I for pointing to, out to... that this didn't, ha- that editing did not happen throughout this episode. So thanks. Right. <laughs> I am no, no, not doing that. <laughs> like, we're going to be good. No, we're good. Don't do, don't do me like that. No. <laughs> so, so I spend this time and, and I don't know if that's just me wanting to, me going overboard with wanting to make it sound as good as I possibly can. I'm sure that I could back off some, um, cause I don't want it to sound like overproduced and I don't want it to sound super cleaned up, but I don't want it to sound muddled because Steve and I really do. Sometimes we'll get rolling. And if you watch like a comedian, you know, he'll, he'll give, you know, he'll give a setup and then he'll give it a joke. Right. And it'll get a big laugh. And then he rolls with another like one liner that kind of like tags on to the end of that joke mm-hmm. and the end of that punchline. And it keeps the laugh rolling. And then he'll tag on another, maybe tag on another one. It just really keeps it going for a while. And Steve and I do that a lot, but sometimes we both try to do like the same thing and go for the same joke. We've known each other so long that I almost in any situation, if he's setting something up and I can know nine times out of ten exactly what his punchline is going to be and mm-hmm. where he's going to go with that. I love uh, that. But the thing is like I f- that even knowing that though, that doesn't diminish how funny I find it because I just know him and his sense of humor, my sense of humor just are in mesh and I just get – I mean gosh, I just laugh myself silly. We recorded really late this last week and – it was late in the week for some various, and it was really late at night as well. And I was just in tears. I mean, there was where I was like, I'm like, dude, we gotta just, we gotta take us. I gotta, whoo, whoo, you know, trying to calm myself. We gotta stretch my so abdominals. Well, it gets to the point where I go, you know what? Being funny and laughing, and you know, so people can laugh along with you is great, but but when you laugh for like ten minutes straight and you're trying to talk, but you're talking through tears. And, you know, you're barely eking out any words because you're laughing so hard. It makes us laugh. But if you're listening to it, yeah, I can understand how that maybe is not going to come across as funny to someone else. Well, that is that's awesome. I love listening just just for the celebration of friendship. Why don't we why don't we wrap it up here? Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, where they can uh, learn more and and listen to Fortress of Nerditude and, and be one with the the celebration of best friends. I will do that, but first I have to ask you a quick question. Did okay. you get any Did you get any hate mail? Not recently. Recently. Okay, good. I because mean, I to- I totally built up that you were going to come on and join us for the movie club for like 2-3 weeks. Uh, you know, every oh, time I'm like, I know, I'm I'm like Sean Capri the greatest Canadian since Wayne Gretzky is going to join us. That's your that's your first and mistake. Then, that under- is so not my approach. I set the bar so low. <laughs> I understandably, <laughs> understandably, I know your situation and I know where you and Chelsea are at, and so no problem. But I was like, please don't send him hate mail. You know, don't oh, don't send yeah, him bags you. of flaming poo. Uh, I think they're still so in the mail. They got stuck sure- in customs. The nice. bags of poo, nice. flaming poo, are still at, at the Canadian customs at the border. So they'll they'll make it, I think. They're still coming. Yeah. Just a 
in six to eight months, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so that I want to I want to talk about one other thing, and then and then we can jump off. Did I tell you about my switch and how I no longer have it? Ah, uh, no. What what happened? So, so so here's the thing. I'm playing Switch right well up until. Oh no, Thursday, I did know this. I, I, I heard about it. you didn't tell me personally, yeah. but I, I've heard about this. Yeah. So tell the story. This is this is so, awful. Yes, but also a good ending. So, I think spoilers. I, I I jumped on board with Switch. I pre-ordered it. I was kind of on the fence. Um, I watched the gosh that little uh, demo from Tokyo the the presentation. And like you, I was like, oh, gosh, I don't know if this is going to be good. This was a horrible presentation. But I went through and I got the pre-order anyway. Mm-hmm. Got Breath of the Wild. I've been loving it. My kids want to play it with me. So I give them two wave birds from my GameCube. Nice. And they sit there with the wave birds and they think they're playing, right? And we've been we've been playing every night. But the first day that I put it in the dock, it didn't feel like it set in the dock right now. And I messaged you and and uh, Bobby about this because I wanted to see if you guys were having any other issues because I come from a world where I do IT works. I put a a laptop in a docking station. There's a satisfying click and it locks into place and it does not move unless you press another button to release it. So I was kind of hoping for something similar to that, but mine kind of sat in the dock and it kind of looked like it almost tilted to one side a little bit. Like something didn't look right. Yeah. So Uh, you always know. Oh, gosh. I pulled out my Switch on Thursday to take it to work and show my coworkers. Now, I have a screen protector that's actually being shipped right now. I ordered it weeks and weeks and weeks ago, but they were back ordered and sold out everywhere. I couldn't find one here locally. So I went, okay, well, you know, that's for when I take it mobile. I don't need to worry about it within the dock. Mm-hmm. I pull it out and I see there's these like scuff marks, these kind of scratches on the bottom right and left-hand side of the screen. And I went, okay, well, maybe this is just a smudge. Maybe I touched the screen day one. And so I, you know, wiped a little bit and they didn't disappear. Mm-hmm. And I wiped at them a little bit more and they didn't disappear. And then I started getting angry because I was like, come on, this is brand new. I just spent $300 plus, you know, X number of dollars for everything else. And that's U.S. I mean, I know in Canada you guys probably paid more. Yeah, um, about a thousand dollars. Yeah. No, oh, no, I'm just—I'm totally kidding. Horrible. So, uh, sorry to Sully, who uh, is no longer going to be able to go to university later. Your dad got a switch. Yeah, it's um, craft dinner for the first ten years, pal. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, so I, I pull the switch out and I take it into work, and I realize the dock is scratched up my screen, and so now I'm just angry. Yeah. And uh, like, like any responsible adult, I turned to Twitter to vent my rage. Yeah. And, yeah. and, I, and I got up. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I was just angry. And and I know that other people have had this, but it hasn't been like a widespread thing. Mm-hmm. And so Josh Josh texted me and calmed me down and was like, hey, just reach out to Nintendo and see, you know, see maybe what they'll do for you. Because I was at the point where I looked at it and said, look, I got it from Best Buy. Best Buy has a four-day return policy on electronics. I'm at day 12. I can take this back to Best Buy and return it, get a full refund, and then wait until more come into stock. That's That was my next step. In my mind, that's what I had to do, mm-hmm. which oh, 
oh, would have been miserable because, I mean, I could have waited months in order to get one because they say they're going to release more, but, in, you know, you never know. Like Best Buy may get 12 of them locally here, and they're going to, you know, all disappear immediately. So, so that's what I was looking down. Josh said, call Nintendo, see what you can do. I called up Nintendo. I talked to this this kid who was great, and he was just like, yeah, is it kind of a – does it look like scratches or more like scuffs? I said scuffs, and he said, okay, so here's the deal. The dock in shipping could have bent in a little bit. He said, does the top look pinched in? And I said, I don't know. I'm not sitting at home right now, so Just I really say yes. can't tell. And he said, or he said, also, there's little kind of like rubber bumper pads in there that have possibly fallen off as well. And he says, do you know? And I said, I don't have it in front of me. He says, okay. He says, well, he says, obviously the doc scratched it. And he said, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to process the order. I'm going to send you a shipping label. Just go ahead and box up the just the Switch, not the Joy-Cons. You know, pull out your game, pull out your memory card. Uh, don't send any of the cords, just the what Switch. What about the dock? Your dock and, is broken and then too, he, though. And then he said, send the dock. He said, okay, I asked okay. him, I said, what are you going to do with the dock? I said, are you going to actually try to repair the dock? Or are you just going to replace it? And he said, it'll probably just end up being a replacement, but if there's something we can do to repair it, we'll repair it. So I came home, and lo and behold, I looked at my dock, and the top part of my dock was pinched in. When you held it from the side and you looked straight down at it like you're looking at the trench run on the Death Star, it was pinched. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. exactly what it was. And so so I wrapped it all up in bubble tape, and then I wrapped that box within an inch of its life with tape, and I shipped it off. So – for the last few nights, my boys keep asking me, Jackson, uh, who's you know getting ready to turn three, and still some of the language isn't quite there. But he goes, Zelda, Zelda, Aww, Zelda, and he, and, he, and, he, and he holds his hands in a way that looks like he's doing a little controller, and then he just moves his index fingers like he's pulling the right and left triggers when he says that. And so – because he wants to make sure I understand that he's talking about playing a video game. Mm-hmm. And Charlie, Charlie jumps and goes, yeah, daddy, can we go play Zelda? And I said, yeah, buddy. Link is sick, and I had to send Link back, and he goes, daddy, that's not Link. His name is not Link. His name is Zelda. Oh, like, no. Oh. I was like, yeah, okay, you're four. I'm going to let this pass. I know it's bugging the living crap out of me right now. <laughs> it's like, now. give me a little twitch. Yeah, I was like, oh, come on, come on. I was like, no, no, Zelda's the princess. That's Link. And he goes, no, daddy, that's Zelda. I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to argue with a four-year-old. Cause... It's the start of the kids knowing more than their dad, you know. <laughs> they know <Right>. everything. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so, I mean, we've been having all this great time playing Breath of the Wild, and I'm like 16 hours in, and I'm – getting close to getting to my first divine beast and i had to ship it back and so now i'm in a waiting period i could be without for another two weeks you know but i am glad that they're, that they're actually doing that i wasn't sure that that was um you know with xbox 360 red rings of death obviously come to mind yep. and xbox and microsoft just really stepping up and making sure that nobody was going to be stuck without their system for for too long nobody was going to be forced to you know put up the money to to replace it so I'm really glad that that Nintendo is kind of doing the same thing. This is a major issue, and especially with the scratch. It's like the 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 system still functions, um, right. but I'm glad Perfect. that that they're yeah they want they want to make sure that this is a good experience for everybody. I was surprised uh, actually to to hear that end of the story, but I'm super glad, man. And it's disappointing in the short term, but you know you can take this right. time to educate the kids of who's Zelda and who's Link. That, that's right, and <laughs> and and I have to put up my shelves to get my amiibos up to keep them away from those mm-hmm. dang things because 
Yeah, I I really I really was happy. I really was happy by the resolution with Nintendo. I had Red Rings of Death on the Xbox 360 twice, mm-hmm. and they took care mm. of it both times, and that was that was great. I mean, it sucked at the time, but I'm happy that that we have. That I'm happy that game companies understand right now at this time in in the world that bad, bad press is going to go like wildfire, and if there's mm-hmm. a problem and they don't handle it and they don't take care of it. People talk. The internet is so prolific that it's not like, you know, when I was a kid, if my NES had stopped working and, you know, the old open it up and blowing it trick wasn't working, um, <laughs> you know, what, what was I going to do? Write in a letter to Nintendo Power? They just wouldn't publish it, right? Yeah, yeah. But in today's day and age, they want to get on that and they want to, you know, they want to nip everything they can in the bud and, you know, keep the press positive. And I love this system. I mean, Sean, I love it. I am in love with it. I'm having so much fun. I only have the one game because I understand with the way I play and how much time and extra time doing the podcast that I run that I can't game as much. Although, you know, the idea to take it mobile, you know, to take it with me when I go to work for lunch breaks or when I have to go to the bathroom, just it's a, yeah, it's such a great idea. I'm totally on board. I can't wait to get Mario Kart 8 Deluxe when that comes out and get on and play with people and build kind of my community on the switch, you know, with friends that I have, uh, I can't wait from super Mario odyssey. I want to get, I am set soon, uh, and play that on there. Like there's just a bunch of things that I want to get invested in. And, uh, like I said, I'm all or nothing and I'm all in on this and I'm loving it and I'm glad they're taking care of me. But right now there's just a hole in my heart because I'm now looking at my backlog saying, what am I going to play for the next week or two and kind of fill in some time while I'm waiting for Zelda to come back to me. Well, I think I'm going to have to have you back on to talk about that backlog, talk about how we're dealing with the Switch, because that is something we didn't even get a chance to talk about, but an hour has completely flown by. Um, Let's 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 do it. Let's let everybody know where to find Fortress of Nerditude, where people can find you on the Internet and hear more of your your amazing stories in the meantime, while we wait to, to have you back on the show. Awesome, Sean. Thank you. So uh, my best friend Steve and I, we run the Fortress of Nerditude podcast. Uh, We release every week on Thursday morning. We're on iTunes and Google Play right now. Uh, You can interact with us on Twitter, which is kind of the preferred method. Um, I'm really enjoying using Twitter. And our handle is Fort of Nerd on Twitter, so at Fort of Nerd. And then we're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Fort of Nerd. And then you can always email us. Uh, We're Fort of Nerd at Gmail. We're just a a weekly podcast. We talk about anything and everything that can happen in nerd and pop culture. Uh, We obviously talk about our lives because we're husbands and fathers. And so we kind of talk about our week and let you get kind of caught up with us so you get to know us. And then we typically try to have a a discussion where we'll, we'll talk about some sort of a topic or a subject. Sometimes people will give us ideas and we'll use those. Sometimes they're our own. And then once a month, we bring my lovely wife on and a guest every now and again to join as well. And we do a movie club and we review a movie and we'll we'll talk about a movie and we'll get into it and we'll just have a good time. Uh, Sean has bailed on us once, (laughs) but that's that's not going to stop me from making sure that I do get Sean on the Fortress of Nerditude. Let me just come on and talk about stuff. I'll just I'll I'll, I'll that's, talk about anything. I just couldn't make it to it. the Lego Batman movie. <laughs> that, and, and that's okay. And that's okay. And I understand. 
Uh, I am on board. We let's do it, man. We that record would be amazing. Monday. We record Monday nights. We'll we'll hook it up and we'll make it happen. So I'm totally on board with having you on, Sean. And like I said, I know a lot of people out in this world, and I've met a lot of people. And I met a lot of people through the internet. And Sean, you are a great guy. You are a great friend, and I'm glad that you uh, let me come on your podcast today and and uh, join We the Gamer Cast. And uh, record this, and I definitely want to invite you to come join us on Fortress of Nerditude. Thank you. Well, we'll just have to be way too nice to each other because it's not me letting you on the show. <laughs> it's you carving some time out of your day to be on the show. I thank you so much for doing that. You're way you have your kids and family and everything. So thank you so much for taking the time out of this Anytime. out of this nice Saturday morning. Uh, we celebrate our Mountain Standard Time, sharing that. So it's all it's all good, man. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. Anytime. Glad to be on, Sean. Thank you. Obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but it should be said that right after we stopped recording, or right after I hit stop, um, Spencer and I arranged a time. I was on Fortress of Nerditude last week. So you definitely need to go check that out. You can find them on Twitter at Fort of Nerd. What an amazing time. That episode, I have to say, I didn't I didn't I sort of skipped over it at the start, but I wanted to make sure that I take a moment here at the end to say that that episode had everything in it. We talked about games, we nerded out, we it had a lot of heart. Like I just we could just it we just kept going. And I I've got some great feedback. Some some people have been saying it sounded like we could have kept going for another couple hours. Probably right. What an amazing guy. I'm so lucky to have Spencer Stapleton in my life, and now he was in your life. I hope that if you like this episode, um, that you that you reach out to him. And I'll tell you how. You can you can find him on Twitter at KryptonTKMC. Again, Fort of Nerd is the podcast, so please, please go subscribe. Now, as much as you guys like this music that you're hearing right now, can I just also say that <laughs> that music at the start was amazing it was of course from overclock remix ocremix.org it was a zangief if you couldn't place it it was from street fighter 2 it was a some like disco sweet kind of like daft punk remix for the for the zangief theme and i gotta tell you i i need to wrap this up but i've got this downloaded onto my phone it's gonna be i don't know i'm gonna have to get this thing into my life more often like a ringtone or something but how how good was that how good was that I don't want to amp things too much here because we're going to have our little musical exit. It's like an interlude, but at the end, like an, an epilogue type of thing. So that's coming. Um, thank you again to, to Spencer. And stay tuned for next week for Joseph Moran. We're going to have more of this. Even if a baby is coming, so too are the podcasts. So you can email me at wethegamercast at wethenerdy.com. You can tweet at me at Sean Capri, Sean like Connery Capri like the pants. Follow the website, We the Nerdy, and the show at wethegamercast. Remember, iTunes reviews. And if you want to spell Wayne Gretzky wrong, that's fine. But it has a Z or a Z for many of you. It has a Z in the Gretzky. So that that's wonderful. Shout out to my boy Chris Berto. He's Twitch streaming. Shout out to the boys at uh, and the men at Life of Gaming Podcast. You can find that also on WeTheNerdy.com. Join us on We The Nerdy Facebook group. You just type in We The Nerdy Facebook. Nope, I don't even know what you type in. We The Nerdy fan group. 
wow, should probably write that down ahead of time. So instead, just check out Fortress of Nerditude. You can also find me on If We Ran Nintendo with Bobby, the Nintendo Guru Pauls. It's on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and YouTube.com slash Nintendo Guru. And tonight, if you're listening to this when it posts, which is every Monday, of course, tonight, Bobby and I are doing our, uh, we're celebrating a one-year anniversary our, our budding bromance, we're, I don't know if we're out of the honeymoon. I, I think we've already demonstrated that the honeymoon was over on one particular episode or maybe a couple. <laughs> but we're moving into the next stage of our relationship. We're celebrating one year. We're going to do a live stream. So go to youtube.com slash Nintendo Guru for that. Otherwise, this is episode 75 of We The Gamer Cast is now in your ears. Thank you again for listening. I will be back next week. I hope you're there too. It's not time for Jason. It's time for that song from The Last of Us Part 2 thingy i hope you like it here it is jason i walk through the valley of the shadow of death and i fear no evil because i'm blind to it all in my mind my gun they comfort me cause I know I'll kill my enemies when they come surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell on this earth forevermore Said I walk beside the still waters And they restore my soul I can't walk on the path of the right Because I'm wrong No, I can't walk on the path of the right Cause I'm wrong